Good morning. We're studying the book of Daniel. And I tell you, the surprises that I have as I continue to read is really overwhelming. Because it's not the futuristic uh, and the, and the, the volume of unbelievable uh, prophecy involved in this book. But the character of this young man that now is age 65 to 70 years old, the way God approached him and continues to speak to him, uh, the interference of the angels of God to support this young man, this older man, whatever his age may be, uh, what God reveals to him is important. I'm not saying it's not important, but also in the manner in which God delivers the message to Daniel. Just uh, it's quite impressive. And so I'm on chapter 10. And of course, uh, I want to read something to you. I, Daniel, alone sought the vision. I think most of the visions he had was to him himself. Nobody saw it. But now it's becoming more personal. And he is saying, I... I, Daniel, saw the vision. And it begins on verse 1, chapter 10. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was Belchizer. Because Belchizer is the name that Nebuchadnezzar gave to him. But his name, was, to begin with, was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, uh, <laughs> you know the three boys. So, Belchizer. And the thing was true. But the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing, and had understanding of the vision. He had understanding after an angel of God helped him. So, he is speaking futuristically in the future. Appointed time was long, meaning what we're going to do on this chapter 10 is, is, is God revealing what he's going to do uh, as the end of time approaches. How he's going to do it. When he's going to do it. Uh, but i like for you to concentrate on, on how he reveals those things to Daniel. Uh, in those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. So, he is, uh, he is somehow on a, on a fast... He ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in his mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And so there is a, a posture. The vision came because he was ready to receive it. He was fasting three weeks. He was eating vegetables, I guess, some say. Others would say that he fasted totally, completely. Uh, that's not the point. The point is that he, Daniel, did something that somehow initiated God's heart to reveal to him what God revealed. So what does that mean? It, it simply means that your time of prayer, your time of communion with God, causes the heavens to move and God begins to do something for you. As opposed to do nothing, to doing nothing, Daniel, for three weeks, did some type of fast. So that indicates that the fast itself 
prepared Daniel. And God saw the timing was really good to, to reveal to him. So let's take a look. And in the four and twenty day, twenty-fourth day of the month, as I was in the side of a great river, which is Hydekel, well, well, River Tigris River these days, but I said that, that's not important also. It is important is that he finds his location. Because you see, the location has a lot to do with what he's going to say. And so, geographically, he is in Babylon. More specific, he is uh, by the side of a great river. Now, was he there physically? In this case, yes. In some cases, the vision comes and he finds himself somewhere else looking at something. But here, he is actually, he is actually walking around the side of the river. <laughs> you know, just looking at the pictures and taking pictures or whatever. Then is verse 5. And I lifted up my eyes. I never seen visions come as you look down. All the time, visions come as you look up. Remember, he was looking up and he saw, he saw the ram and saw the goat. And then God began talking to him about those nations. But he lifted up. So lifted up simply means that the blessings of God, the revelations of God, the goodness of God, the voice of God usually comes faster if you look up instead of looking down. Amen? And I looked and behold. Now, the word behold is, is uh, listen, look, observe. This is really important. A man clothed in linen. Oh, now, now it begins to look a little more. Oh, my goodness. Anything to do with linen just gets my attention, okay? Uh, clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of upas. A belt with the finest gold existent in those days and age. Okay. And he says, now, this, this similarity of, of this vision, you can go to Revelations 1.13 and, uh, and, uh, and you begin to see that there's something there that's repeated in Revelations 1.13. Let me read it here for you. 113, coming to it right away. Here go. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to his foot, kingly, priestly attire, and girded about the paps with a golden girdle. Meaning, it looks to me like the person that's about to show up to him is somebody very important. And behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins was girded with fine gold and avupas, his body was also like the barrel. B-E-R-Y-L. What is that? It's, a, it's crystal, crimson light. Barrel is a variety of olivet. It's a magnesium iron silicate that uh, looks like green and yellow. It's a very fine color. 
Now, I've seen that color before. And uh, it was in Ephesus. And as I came down the hill from the administration offices and all the ruins there, and I got to the bottom of the library in Ephesus, if you've ever been there, I turned right and went in the side were columns that were 50 tall, 50 feet tall columns. And one of them in the middle of that uh, beautiful column was the color of a uh, of, uh, uh, magnesium iron silicate, the green and the yellow mixed together. I'll never forget that. Well, his body was like barren. His face has the appearance of lightning. I don't know how to describe lightning. Because lightning is a strike of light from heaven. And it lights up. And so really the face of this person lit up in the eyes of Daniel. And of course, and then it says, in uh, his eyes were lamps of fire. So in the midst of the lightning, there's fire coming in. And uh, in his arms and his feet like the color of polished brass, breast, and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. Now, <laughs> boy, I tell you, Daniel describing this, you know, Daniel wrote the book of Daniel. And so he's describing it. He is a statement, a writer, a gifted man of God. And he is saying that what he saw in his best perception looks just like that. And, uh, which, which really is the pre-incarnate appearance of Christ, has to be Jesus. Nobody looks like that in heaven but Jesus, Him alone. And uh, why would the Lord appear to Daniel in, in this uh, mode? Uh, is to prepare him to what he is going to receive. You see, we're, we're, we're simple people. We are fleshly people. We are uh, uh, very, very uh, delicate statues of flesh and bones and blood. We, we are, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's a funny thing, you know. Uh, I went to the Georgia game and I, and I walked five miles. I, I felt pretty much like a human being, you know. My legs began to hurt and, and I'm walking five miles to park my car to go see, see the game. And I felt human, <laughs> even though I, I, I'm walking in running, jogging two, two miles a day every day, uh, uh, that five, five miles is fast because everybody wants to run to get their seat to the game. So Daniel is a human being just like you and I. We're not talking about a superman of any kind. He had arms, legs, hair, face. He was just a, a nice Jewish boy that grew up to be a, a prophet for the Lord. And what happens here is that... Uh, he saw this. Why would God reveal Himself to Daniel like He did? How? Why did Jesus... Re you know, as you, as you begin to serve the Lord as the years that you have served, you're going to come to circumstances in your life when you never had before. You know, occasions, circumstances, incidents... Uh, Problems, uh, uh, difficulties, brokenness, 
and, and nothing more powerful, nothing more sufficient, nothing more overwhelming than the Lord Jesus showing himself to you. And he, he did show himself to Daniel right here. Why did Daniel have to see the glory of God in Jesus Christ? In order to prepare him for what God had to say. So really chapter 11 coming up. End of chapter 10. Very important. But I like the idea that the Lord is preparing Daniel. Don't you? Now think about it. Why would he come up to show himself to this young man? Just tell him the vision. Tell him the dream. Tell him the, the prophetic thing and don't show up. No, no. Jesus just loved this boy. <coughs> like he loves you. And so you have to sort of understand that when you come into Christian life and you begin to deal with the Lord, He's going to show Himself to you. He's going to show up. I have never sought the Lord in prayer and He has not revealed Himself to me. I have never Never had an instance in which I'm, I'm on my knees one hour, two hours, three hours, and, and He doesn't reveal Himself to me. And so, how do you face the world today with so much trash passing by? You just seek the Lord. And as you see His glory, you're healed, you're delivered, you're blessed. You probably say, Rick, but... Uh, that's just for preachers. No, 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 no. Joe, don't, don't pull that tag on me. If you spend time with Jesus, you're going to be affected by His glory. And so, our ministry is a ministry of prayer. You know, how am I going to somehow finish this ministry uh, in the next uh, 10, 15, 20 years? You know, I, I expect to live a long time. I have spiritual and physical strength God gave me. And uh, this boy won't go down that easy. How am I going to overcome? Because as I seek Him in prayer, He reveals Himself to me. His glory affects my blood pressure. His glory affects my weight, my balance, my reason. His glory affects who I am. That's how Christians are supposed to be. Look. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. <laughs> sure, the vision couldn't be for nobody else. You know, God's not going to speak to 15 people what He wants to do. In other words, the prophetic manner in which God relates to us is that He will tell one person, and you better get to it. And He is with you to implement. God is not going to reveal His perfect will uh, 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 to 15. He reveals to you. And as you hear it, God then convinces those who are around you that God spoke to us. And so there it is. I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men who were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hid themselves. In other words, the fear of God, the presence of God, the anointing of God, was so strong in the life, in, in the vision today, just the presence of God is enough to just shake you all over. I told you uh, uh, an incident that happened a couple, couple weeks ago. I went into a church in town, and for some un reason that I don't understand, 
The preacher came to the altar rail and spoke in tongues for about three minutes. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm just with my head under my, 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 my knees looking down the, the, the carpet. And suddenly, oh my goodness. And I heard exactly what he was saying. I heard it in English. Exactly what he's praying in tongues. And I got up and spoke it out. After that happened, I couldn't get out of my chair, my bed, my, my, my pew. I couldn't get up. I was just as dizzy, and I began to cry, and I grabbed an usher. Now, that's, this happened about two weeks ago. I grabbed an usher, and I cried on his shoulder for about five minutes. And he took me to my car, and I drove home. Why it took me is because that man was speaking to the congregation, and I was a part of it that wasn't prepared to be a part of it. And God did spoke to that congregation. And so I was overwhelmed. I'm no Daniel. I'm just saying to you that the blessing and the glory and the presence of the Lord in your life many times will overshadow you. It will take you by surprise. And so, and so uh, the people that were with Daniel, several people, maybe five or six or seven, uh, they were overwhelmed and fled from the presence of God because they couldn't understand it. It was too much for them. Therefore, I was left alone and saw this great vision and there remained no strength in me. That's it. No strength means I couldn't get up. For my comeliness was turned in me into corruption, and I retained no strength. You see, when our righteousness is compared with the righteousness of Christ, there's really no comparison. So the glory, the righteousness, the power, the impact upon just Him standing there was enough to just uh, take all the strength of Daniel out of his body. Yet, Heard I the voice of his words. I heard a voice. I heard what he's saying. The voice of his words is what I'm talking about. There was, when I heard the voice of his words, there was a deep sleep on my face. And my face tore the ground. Meaning, I just went down to the ground. And what Daniel saw, the experience of Daniel, I can compare it to the transfiguration experience. Remember when Jesus came to Mount Hermon, north of Israel, or north of the Lake of Galilee, and, uh, and uh, he left seven, uh, uh, nine disciples down, and he took three, Peter, James, and John, to the top of this mountain. He took a week to climb this mountain. One week, seven days, climbing, sleeping on the way. And they came to the top of the mountain, and Jesus went off the ground right in front of them in a cloud. And he met Elijah and Moses, and they talked what's going to happen in Jerusalem in the crucifixion. They were talking. And as, as Jesus comes down, the glory of God and the shadow and the lightning and the boldness and the power and the... And the the smoke, the scent of the place was overwhelmed by the presence of God. And those disciples just 
fell to the ground. Well, the same thing here eh, when we speak about Daniel in this vision. But something happens on verse 10. It's just like Jesus. Just, you know, I, every time I see a man of God seeking the Lord, God just loves and takes care and anoints. It says, And behold, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. Meaning, it wasn't for his force. You know, hands down, knees down, and he can't get up, but he's, he's down. But he felt he was laying down, face to the ground, prostrated. Suddenly, he got up the hand. Now, whose hand was that? Every implication here. You could say that Jesus touched them. But, you could say also that Gabriel was the angel that was present. And he said unto me, O Daniel, now, I believe Jesus showed up, and I believe that Daniel now comes in. Why, why this does Daniel, everywhere Jesus is, that's Gabriel. If you go to the Scriptures, you're going to find <laughs> Gabriel just, when, when, the people of, when the people of God left, left Egypt, they crossed the Red Sea. Remember the, Red Sea parted, and they crossed barefoot and they and dry, and they went north uh, on the right side of the Lake of Galilee, and then they crossed River Jordan and came in Jericho. And and of course uh, Joshua was way in the back of Jericho between the mountains, and he heard a presence of an angel, take your shoes off for the place you stand is holy. And he had a draw sword, a big old inch with a draw sword. And he told Joshua exactly what to do uh, uh, in order to destroy the walls of Jericho. You remember that. Sometimes the presence of God is too much for you to understand. And so the angels are the presence of God that makes you a little more comfortable. And so in here it says, and behold, an angel, a hand touched me, which set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, men of great beloved, greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto you, and stand upright. Now that's, a, that's Gabriel. For unto you am I now send. In other words, I've got a message. God, now how did Gabriel showed up in there as fast as he could. In other words, when God is about to do something, time is under His command. And there's no limit about the ability of God to bring things to pass. Why God takes a long time to deal with things? Because, because if He does too quickly, we won't be able to understand it. And so sometimes time element takes time. Takes space. You can be in the hand of God. If you are being dealt with Him, time is going to take time. And you have to wait for the Lord to do that. If you begin to move ahead of what God is doing in you, you've got to make a big mistake. And before too long, you are where you started. And you won't be able to get anything done because you just decided to move on your own. 
Don't do that. Wait upon the time of the Lord. And it says, And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. So this message that Gabriel is about to give Daniel will be the conclusion of the vision and will actually tie all the other visions together. Oh, so you're telling about this is very important. It's very important because all chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 are now going to be put together. And you begin to understand what Daniel, what the angel said to Daniel because that's how important it is. Then he said unto me, Fear not. Why did the angel now, Gabriel is going to say, Do not be afraid. It's because the content of what he's going to say will scare you. Some of you probably just turned the computer off. You don't want to hear it. It's too much to hear it. Fear not, Daniel. For from the first day that you set your heart to understand, meaning from the first day that you begin to seek my face, from the first day that you begin to pray three hours a day, from the first day that you said, God, use me for your glory, I want to know what's going on <coughs> about Meshach, <laughs> the lion's den, and, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and the furnace uh, uh, burning, and, uh, and, uh, and the Nebuchadnezzar's dream of the statue. God, I... I, I want to know, tell me, when you begin to seek the presence of God, when you begin to seek the will of God, when you begin to get yourself in, involved in what God is doing, you are prepared to get more. And so, this is what happens. Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand, from the day that you made up your mind you're going to do this, and I'm speaking to you this morning because some of you made up your mind and you're sort of a doubling up understand. You say, I don't know if I made up my mind or not. I don't know if I did the right thing or not. I don't know if this is what I'm supposed to do or not. And when you get involved with that, you get tired, you get weary, you get upset, you lose sleep, you don't eat properly, and the joy leaves, leaves you completely. Don't go back to the place to where you were in the beginning. You set your mind to understand. You set your mind to comprehend. Stick to it. You know, there was a coach in the University of Georgia. There was, there was honor during the, the last game, which was uh, Georgia versus Missouri. And they, uh, they brought this man forward. And they really, really uh, uh, honored him. His name was Mark Rich. And he, uh, he established something in the mind of the players in the days he served as a coach at the University of Georgia. Finish the drill. See, you begin something and you, and, and you, and you visit the past. You set your heart. Then you keep on moving. Suddenly, you go back down there again and see, you're just wasting your time because God doesn't go back. God moves forward. For from the first day that you did set your heart to understand and chasten yourself before your God. The word chasten 
is the word humble. You humble yourself before God. Your words were heard. Your prayer was heard. So you tell me that every time I get up on my knees to pray and humble myself before God, my words heard? Oh, yes. My <laughs> oh, yes, it is. Don't you, <laughs> don't you, don't you just uh, uh, be a fool expecting to have a time of prayer with the Lord and not get your words heard? I hope that this is blessing you. Let me finish this verse. Your words are heard, and I come for your words. In other words, I come because you prayed. That's verse 12. Tomorrow we do verse 13. Let me pray with you a minute, okay? Let me just say a prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that you bless my brothers, strengthen them, God, make them to have a resolve this morning not to lose concentration, not to lose place in what the prayer of God is. So come, Holy Spirit, this morning, God. Release God in the name of Jesus. I ask you, my brother, that you come to understand the will of God, the vision of God for your life, and you not be discouraged to run away and lose control. God has a purpose. God has a plan. And He will bring it to pass. See you tomorrow. Brilha a luz que inunda o meu viver. Chama o meu nome a qualquer lugar eu chegarei. Fala minha alma, escuta, mostra-me. Correndo e olhando para trás